Welcome back to the Happily Hormonal Podcast. Today, I wanted to share with you some things that you can incorporate into your morning routine to not only support your hormones, but things that can work for your lifestyle as well. And so this is very much not a step-by-step morning routine, but really just some ideas that you might want to start your day off with and kind of brainstorm how they can help you and how they can support your hormones. Welcome to the Happily Hormonal Podcast. Now, if you're a little iffy on whether or not the word hormonal is a good one, you're in the right place. My name is Leisha Drews, registered nurse and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner turned holistic hormone coach. And after going through my own hormone journey and having my three babies, I actually believe that our hormones are one of the greatest gifts that we've been given as women. And that no matter what you've been told, it's possible for you to have thriving energy, good periods, and a stable mood all month long. And I am here to show you the way. I think it's time to change the narrative around words like hormones and hormonal and start to reclaim the power that we truly have as women, which is a power to change not only our own health, but the health of all of our family for generations to come. Hormone balance doesn't have to feel hard. It can actually feel simple and fun when we do it in a way that aligns with how our bodies were made. If you're ready to start trusting your body again and feeling really good in that beautiful body that you've been given, then grab yourself a yummy drink and maybe a snack and let's do this. Okay, so let's talk morning routines. I want to just start this off with a disclaimer. Honestly, I know that morning routines can be like a cliche thing and basically shiny object syndrome in a lot of ways, because I know I've definitely been guilty of thinking that if I just have a perfect morning routine, then maybe my life would be put together in the way that I want it to be. Right. And so it's really easy to think, okay, yes, if I have a perfect morning routine for my hormones, then maybe that's going to fix everything. And I'm just going to be really upfront with you. No morning routine is going to fix everything. And I do think that sometimes the way we're running our mornings can be impacting our hormones in a negative way. And when we can run our mornings in a different way, it could impact our hormones in a positive way. So today I just really want to encourage you with just some knowledge and give you an idea of the things that could be helping or could be hurting your hormones so that you can brainstorm and you can think about what you may or may not want to change in your morning routine as you're in this hormone balancing journey. So I always think that creating a new routine is a fun, fresh start. And so hopefully that is where this episode hits you is that it could be fun to change some things up and encouraging versus this is a list of things you should be doing and you have to do all of them. So I definitely want to also share that I'm going to give you like nine or 10 different things to think about in your morning routine This does not mean that every single day you need to do all of these things or even ever you need to do all of these things. It just is going to be, again, some things that you can think about and should be supportive to you as you are changing some of your habits. So number one thing to think about in a healthy hormone morning routine is that waking up at the same time every day can actually make a difference in how your body responds, in how your stress responds. And so what this means is not that you have to be up at the exact same dot of six o'clock every single morning, but just that you're not varying your morning wake up time a ton during the week. So like you're not waking up at six one morning and then nine the next morning and then five the next morning and then eight the next morning where it's just like all over the place all the time. You can generally keep your wake up time to somewhere around an hour of the same time every single day. 
that's going to be more ideal for your body to be able to settle into a little bit more of a circadian rhythm. And it might make it a little bit easier to wake up in the morning too. And so when you think about that, it can mean that sleeping extra long on the weekends definitely can be needed sometimes and definitely can be supportive. But if you have a really big variation in the time that you're waking up in the morning, it can, again, throw off those body rhythms a little bit. And so thinking about like how you could settle on a time that works for you most of the time where you can be consistent with that can be really helpful. And I will also say that when you are waking up in the morning, ideally you would wake up without an alarm. To be honest, it would be great if you could wake up without an alarm and wake up to the sun. But I know that many of us, that's not necessarily our lives and that we do need to set an alarm or our kids wake us up. And so if you can, when your alarm goes off, wake up and actually get up at the same time versus hitting snooze several times, And maybe that does mean that you actually just set your alarm a little bit later and that's fine. But when you are consistently in and out of sleep, that first few minutes or first 30 minutes or hour of the time that you're awake in the daytime, it really doesn't give your body that clear, okay, this is awake and this is asleep. And it really can help, especially with energy and especially with sleep. You know, the next night, if you are actually just waking up at a similar time and then getting out of bed and starting your day right away. So number two is really part of number one, and it is try to get at least eight hours of sleep and be in bed by 10 PM. Both of these things are going to help your morning routine because it's going to make it easier to wake up when your alarm goes off, whatever time that is for you, or when the sun comes up in the morning if you are getting enough sleep, and I know eight hours is very much like an across the board number, it's going to be different for everyone. I would say definitely not less than seven hours on a regular basis. And especially if you're pregnant or nursing or your kids are still waking you up in the night, then for you to get seven hours of sleep minimum, you're going to need more than seven hours in bed. I'm definitely in that season right now. And so, you know, again, this isn't going to be perfect every single night, but if you know what you're shooting for, it's really going to help support your body And sleep is one of the times where your body is not only resting, but it's also detoxifying. And so that's where the 10 p.m. bedtime comes in. When we're able to go to bed before 10 p.m., we actually get more benefit out of those couple hours of sleep before midnight than out of the other hours of sleep at night. And so not that the two hours of sleep before midnight give you more sleep than the whole rest of the night put together, but they are just more beneficial hours where your body is able to actually get more rest. And then when you are moving into that like one to three in the morning window, when your body is able to detoxify, and this is when your liver is working to its maximum capacity, then your body is actually ready for that detox. And it's not in that initial time of sleep at night. So getting to bed by 10 PM, wherever you can, and then I'll just throw this into actually taking a little bit of time to wind down before bed and being off of screens for 30 minutes to an hour before bed. All of those things are going to really boost your morning routine because you're going to be much more rested and much more ready to get up in the morning. And the consistency with that is probably one of the hardest things for me, I'll be honest. And so I know it's not always easy, but having something to shoot for is really going to be helpful. And especially if you can shoot for that three or four nights a week, again, perfect consistency would be great, but a majority of the time, or at least a consistent part of the time is going to still be more helpful than it just being all over the place all of the time. Then number three, when you wake up in the morning, you don't necessarily have to start your day by just like jumping out of bed and starting to rush around. 
I really do think that giving yourself a little bit of time to wake up, maybe that's getting up and just stretching a little bit or just breathing, that's prayer or Bible time, something that's going to be a slow start to your morning can be really supportive for your nervous system. So you're not just waking up and immediately going into fight or flight mode. Hopefully you're not living your whole day in fight or flight mode anyway, but I know that a lot of us are. And so if you're starting your day a little bit more slowly, you can give your body a little bit of a signal of safety there. And you can start with something that not only is a little bit slower, but also is something that fills your cup ideally. And so it is much easier to get up into your morning routine if you're looking forward to it and something that you enjoy. So one of my favorite ways to wake up slowly is just to get out of bed and go for a quick walk. And especially if it's a little bit hard to get out of bed in the mornings, going for a walk is always something that helps me wake up and my brain can wake up without having a lot of pressure to read something or think about something or like really anything that feels hard right away first thing in the morning. And then also, since I have lots of kiddos over here, it really is nice for me to get just like even five minutes of being by myself and moving my body before I start answering the mom calls and doing all the mom things for the day. Number four, I've already started to mention, but doing things that fill your cup really make a big difference in your morning routine. And so when you think about what fills your cup, maybe really just, I would just challenge you to think about what do you truly feel good after you're done doing it? And not just like what you should do or what you think would be a good part of a morning routine, but truly something that you enjoy. And so maybe it is actually like giving yourself permission to not necessarily be productive right away in the morning. Maybe it is listening to a podcast or reading a book or just doing, taking a walk or doing something like that you enjoy as your first thing in the morning and then moving into more of the things that you know you need to do or need to accomplish or are priorities for you in that early morning time. And even if you spend just five minutes or 10 minutes filling your cup first, a lot of times that really, especially for us as moms, like that's an opportunity to do that before the day gets started and gets away from us in some cases. And I really have seen that it can make an impact on how I'm able to give and love on my family and my clients and anyone else that I'm interacting with during the day when I don't feel like I just started my day like behind the curve or that I don't have to wait until the kids are in bed to have a little bit of time to do something that I enjoy. And then number five, you guys, I cannot believe that this is number five on my list and not number one, but it's eat something right away in the morning. And so within the first 30 to 60 minutes of waking, I always recommend that you eat something with carbs and protein so that you can get a really good jump start on your day with energy and blood sugar balance. And you can start to replenish those glycogen stores in your liver. And if you are new to this concept, the reason that eating right away in the morning is so important is that when we have blood sugar imbalances or when our livers are not able to store glycogen for a super extended period of time, a healthy liver can store glycogen for max eight to 10 hours overnight. And glycogen is your stored form of glucose that your body uses for energy while you're fasting. And so eight to 10 hours is about the max that your body can actually store that in a healthy liver that's not overtaxed, which is not the case for most of us who have hormone issues and are stressed out and have fatigue. And so anyway, that eight to 10 hours, like if you ate dinner at seven o'clock or six o'clock, you know, your eight to 10 hours is up far before you wake up in the morning. And so 
You want to make sure to love on your body by replenishing that glycogen store. And that can actually start to bring your stress hormones down right away in the morning. Because when you start to have blood sugar drops, it's truly an emergency in your body. And so your cortisol spikes and your adrenaline spike and that emergency response is not really the way that you want to start your day. So again, one of my favorite things to do in the morning, and I've been doing this on repeat for quite a while now, is the egg cloud drink or vanilla cloud drink. And we can link to that in the show notes, but it's one of my favorites because it does have carbs and protein. It's really warm, really nourishing, and it's really quick to make. And so I'm not making myself like a whole breakfast right away in the morning, but I do to have some of that milk and collagen and honey and just feel like I've given myself a little bit of something to go on before I do anything else in the morning. Okay. Number six is no coffee before food. Okay. This is another way that you can love on your hormones. When you drink coffee right away in the morning without food, you are basically hitting the gas in your car, just hitting the gas pedal without having anything in your tank. And what this does is it increases your stress hormones and everything that I'm talking about for your morning routine is truly about creating safety in your body and not shooting your stress hormones through the roof in the mornings because that is how we continue that pattern throughout the day where we stay in fight or flight. And when we're in fight or flight, our hormone balance is never going to be prioritized because fertility is a secondary body function. And when you are in stress mode all the time, your body is not going to prioritize having perfect fertile hormones because truly it's not the most important thing, like keeping you alive, keeping your blood sugar balance, keeping your brain and your heart functioning. Those are going to be the most important things that your body will always focus on because it is keeping you safe. So When you drink coffee before food and you don't have anything in your tank, you're just going to increase those stress hormones. And you can also artificially cause yourself to not be hungry. And that is not going to promote you to be able to eat consistently through the day and actually get the nourishment that you need. Okay. Number seven, if you like to exercise in the morning, you may consider definitely 100% fueling before you exercise but you may consider your menstrual phase and what part of your cycle you're in, whether you want to work out in the morning or whether you want to work out later in the day. And then also what type of exercise you want to do. If you haven't heard episode 29, where we talked about cyclical fitness, then definitely go back to that. But specifically, there are different parts of your cycle where you may feel more Hey friends, sorry to interrupt, but I have something new and free for you. So it's going to be worth it. I just created a private pod course that is going to teach you all about how to actually balance your blood sugar for happier hormones and more stable moods and energy. And I'm giving away the first two episodes completely free. All you have to do is sign up and grab those and you will have complete access right away. Your link is in the show notes and I will see you in there. encouraged or rejuvenated by working out in the morning or have the energy to do it. And there may be phases of your cycle where you don't. Now, this is not an across the board for every single person. So definitely do what feels good to your body and what works for your schedule. If you're never going to get to it when it's later in the day and it's something that's a priority for you, then do it when it works for you. With that being said, in your follicular phase, it's often really ideal to work out in the early afternoon. Follicular is going to be from the time that your period ends up until ovulation. In your ovulatory phase, 
early morning workouts are often more ideal for you. And so again, that's going to be after you eat something, but early morning workouts really work well in your ovulatory phase. And so that's about four days right around ovulation. Luteal phase, which is after ovulation until your next period starts, mid-morning can be an ideal time to work out. And then during your menstrual phase, which really goes from a couple days before your period and the first several days of your period or the full time you're bleeding, in my opinion, then early evening can be the time that is most optimal to work out. And so this is just something that you can play around with if you are working out consistently and want to see how it feels to your body to work out a different time of day. But if it feels good to you to work out in the morning, then just pay attention to what types of exercise feel the best and make sure always that you're fueling well after your workouts too, so that you are getting enough protein and enough carbohydrates to refuel. I generally recommend that you wouldn't eat less than 20 grams of protein and 30-ish grams of carbs after a solid workout in the morning as your like main breakfast. And if you do that before your workout, that's great too. Just realize that your body is going to need that fuel. And so I definitely would not recommend working out on an empty stomach and then fasting for the rest of the morning as part of your morning routine that supports happy hormones. Okay, number eight, morning sunlight is so good for your hormones. So getting out in the sunshine, whether it's like actually sunny or it's cloudy, but getting a little bit of that sunlight in your eyes, hopefully more than five minutes, but minimum five minutes in the morning, pretty close to the time that you wake up, is so ideal for your circadian rhythms and for just creating a sense of peace in your body and a connection with nature's rhythms. It truly can make such a difference on your cortisol levels. And so I would highly recommend getting out in the morning. If you can, it's really ideal to take a walk right at sunrise and actually walk toward the sunrise. So you're getting that full exposure in the morning. That can be super, super helpful for mood and for energy and for just establishing some really good rhythms and patterns in your body. And then this has nothing to do with the morning, but if you can also get out a little bit midday and get that bright midday sunshine and then get a little bit of sunshine around sunset as well, it really helps us with our bodies being inside so much of the time, really helps us connect with those rhythms and we see better energy and better sleep and more regulated cortisol and stress in general when we're getting more exposure to the sun at different times of the day. And then another thing that can be really supportive for your hormones in the morning and throughout the day as well is making sure that you're getting some movement of your lymph. And so supporting your lymphatic system can look like a lot of different things. But one trick that I've learned lately that I've really found helpful in the mornings is to actually do a little facial ice bath. And so that's basically exactly what it sounds like. You fill up a bowl with some purified water and put some ice cubes in it to your tolerance. And then you can do like on and off for a minute or two, dipping your face in the water and then coming up to breathe, of course, and then trying it again. So putting your face in the cold water constricts the lymph vessels in your face, which means that it pushes them closed basically, or makes them smaller so that your lymph is forced to move. And if you do just a little bit of opening up massage right before that, then you can start moving lymph. And that actually can help with not only waking up in the morning and feeling more alert, but it can help start to drain and detoxify. And it causes a little bit less 
puffiness in your face. And then you can definitely follow up with a really good lymphatic routine, like some dry skin brushing, some face dry skin brushing, a gua sha stone movement, like doing a little bit of rebounding on the trampoline can be really helpful. Doing a contrast shower, any of those things are really supportive of your lymphatic system. And especially if you're struggling with energy, lymph movement is so important because the lymphatic system is a really overlooked part of our detoxification. And we really can't have super happy hormones and balanced immune system and energy without being able to move that. And since it's a passive movement system, which is a little bit different than our heart and the way that our blood pumps there, we do have to help the lymphatic system along. And so doing a little bit of something to move your lymph and just to support that detoxification can be really, really good for your hormones. And the very last thing that I'm going to mention as a part of a healthy morning routine would be making sure that you are checking in with your breath a little bit and checking in with your nervous system and creating just a little bit of safety there. So one of my favorite things to do is lay down and put my feet up on the wall and take a few deep breaths in through my belly to give my body a little bit of movement. You can also do some breathing where you're kind of imagining your breath moving all the way up your spine to the top of your head and then down the front of your body that you are being really intentional about your breathing and paying attention to how your body feels and just doing like a quick body scan to see where is there tension or where is there pain or where does something feel stagnant, especially if you've done some of the lymphatic drainage, you may be able to notice that. And even just checking in with where you are in your cycle, just doing like a quick little check-in with your body, with your nervous system for 30 seconds or two minutes. It doesn't have to be long, but truly asking yourself like, how am I doing? How is my body feeling? And then being able to use that information to move forward into your day and support your body in a way that's intentional versus just letting the day happen to you and running around. And at the end of the day, realizing I really didn't take care of myself today the way that I was hoping to just creating that intention can be really, really supportive. So I would love to hear from you after you've listened to this episode, if you are planning to change something in your morning routine, or there's something that you heard that you want to try. And I would love to hear from you if you want to send me a DM, or if you want to share this episode and tag me with the things that you are going to start with your morning routine, then this week that the episode comes out, anyone who wants to do that and share the episode, I will enter you to win a free mini course or a free recipe guide of your choice. You can let me know. And I would love to gift you with that and just support you in being able to share this episode with other women. I hope it's been encouraging to you and I will see you next week. Any information shared on this podcast is solely for educational purposes is not to be taken as medical advice or to be used as a diagnosis or a treatment plan for any medical condition. I'm sharing my educated opinions and experience, but nothing shared here can be taken on a one-size-fits-all basis. We always recommend that you do your own research, talk to your own doctors, and take full informed responsibility for any health and medical choices that you make. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today, for listening, and I hope that you were encouraged and learned something new. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you be willing to share it with a friend and to leave us a review? 
I believe that every woman deserves to understand her body and feel great in it. And you can help me in this mission by sharing the podcast. If you're also feeling like you're ready for the next step and you're really ready to dive in in your hormone journey, my course Nourish Your Hormones is created specifically for you. It's a step-by-step blueprint to increase your metabolism, restore energy, and have better periods and mood every single month. I would love to connect with you. So come over and join me on my Instagram page at Leisha Drews and send me a message if you have questions or just want to tell me something that you enjoyed about this episode. I can't wait to meet you.